chapter of the Bhagavad Gita during this camp. Bhagavad Gita, as you all know, is the dialogue between Lord Krishna and Arjuna. The dialogue that took place in the middle of the battlefield of Kurukshetra when the armies of Pandavas and Kauravas are arrayed against each other, ready to fight. <coughs> and the conches were blown, the battle was announced, I mean, they were ready to fight. And the weapons were about to be shot. <coughs> At this moment, when throwing off these or sending off these weapons, the moment had come. At that time, this thought occurred in the mind of Arjuna. And all of a sudden, he made a request of Lord Krishna, Senayuru bhayur madhye ratham sthapai me chudha. He said, O Lord, please place my chariot between the two armies. Yavadetan nirikshaham yuddhukama navasthitan. Place my chariot in such a place that I can observe or survey the warriors in both the armies and I particularly want to know who are the people who have assembled here to fight with us in favor of Duryodhana with the crooked fellow and so who are here to help the crooked Duryodhana I want to see them <coughs> so that is how Arjuna requests Lord Krishna and this chariot is placed between the two armies <coughs> Lord Krishna must already have some agenda in his mind I guess because the chariot was placed such that Arjuna could observe the greatest of the warriors, Bhishma, Drona, Pramukhataha, right in front of, in a position where Bhishma and Drona, who were the, the principal warriors of Kaurava army, Arjuna could see. <coughs> and then, in a little mischievous way, Lord Krishna said, Uvacha Pathapashetan Samavetan Kurunidhi. Uvacha. 
Lord Krishna, having placed that great chariot between the two armies, said, Hey Partha, he has been a Pashyaitan, Samavetan, Kuruniti. May you observe this Kuru. May you observe the sense of the Kuru or the Dharatadhatrashtra who are assembled here to fight with you. <coughs> but Lord Krishna deliberately used the word Kurun, meaning the descendants of Kuru, Kauravas. See the Kauravas were assembled here. <coughs> and Kauravas, as we know, are the sons of Dhritarashtra here. Pandavas are sons of Pandu. Dhritarashtra and Pandu were both brothers. So Pandavas and Kauravas are cousins of each other. They are close family members. And as Lord Krishna used this word Kuru, the descendants of Kuru, Kauravas, <coughs> then Arjuna saw what Lord Krishna told him to see. Tatrapasya Siddhan Partha Pitrunasi Soi. His father's, grandfather's, cousins, friends, sons, grandsons, his in-laws, all the near and dear ones, this is what Arjuna saw. So this is a very important thing here in Bhagavad Gita. As to what Arjuna saw, if Lord Krishna had said, look at all your enemies who are assembled here, perhaps Arjuna would have seen enemies there, because they were Kauravas also, they were enemies also. Depends on how you perceive them. But because, perhaps because, Lord Krishna uses the word Kurun. See the Kauravas here. Arjuna sees Kauravas as near and dear ones. And then all of a sudden, his mind reacted in altogether an unpredictable way. He reports to Lord Krishna that seeing all my near and dear ones assembled here to fight this battle, Siddhanti Mamagatrani Mukhamcha Parishushyati, my limbs are becoming very loose, my mouth is parching, Devatusya Sharirame, my body is trembling, Romaharshasya Jayade, my hand is standing on the edge. <coughs> Gandivam Sramsate Hastat, my bow also is slipping away from my hand. Nichashaknomivasthatum, I can't even stand here. My mind is whirling and I see bad omens. This is how Arjuna reacted. <coughs> so this is a change in Arjuna. Arjuna, when he came to the battlefield, nobody had invited, he came on his own. Nobody invited means that, of course, Duryodhana challenged them to fight and, and, and you know, uh, get their share of the kingdom. But otherwise, the uh, Pandavas and Arjuna came on their own volition. But somehow, seeing his near and dear ones here, and as would happen to anybody, at the prospect of death of all these people, Arjuna became extremely sad. So Arjuna saw that, Arjuna could see very vividly what the outcome of this battle going, is going to be. How painful that outcome is going to be. 
So outcome became very important. <coughs> so far, the battle was important. All of a sudden, the outcome became very important. And the outcome was going to be extremely painful. Because Arjuna knew that most people would die by the time this battle is over. And he says to Lord Krishna, Svajanam hi katham hatva, madhava, he madhava, how can we be happy killing our own people? He uses the word Svajanam. Svajanam means one's own people. How can we be happy killing our own people? <coughs> Therefore, I do not see any good coming out of this battle. Nacha shreya unupashyami hatva svajanam ahave. O Lord, I do not see what good would come out of this battle while killing svajanam, our own near and dear ones. I see no good coming out of this battle. So far he was seeing good that we will win this battle and we will recover the kingdom. But now he says, Nakankshevijayam Krishna Nacharajyam Sukhani Hey Krishna, O Lord, I do not desire victory. I do not desire kingdom. I do not desire any means of happiness. I do not desire even long life. Kindu Rajyane Govinda Kim Bhogehi Kim Jeevitenava What is there in kingdom? What is there in victory? What is there in means of pleasure? What is there even in long life? What is there? It's a very important statement. The teachers interpret this statement as a statement of Vairagya that Arjuna all of a sudden saw. The futility of all these great achievements. And later on also he says that the grief that I am suffering from a Lord I do not think that any kind of accomplishment can remove this grief. The pain that I am suffering from. Nahi prapasyami mama panudyat yachoka mutshoshanam indriyanam My sense is burning. My mind is burning with pain. I do not see what it is that can remove the pain. <coughs> Even if I win the kingdom of the whole earth, let alone even if I win the kingdom of heaven also, I do not see how the grief that I am suffering from can be removed. <clears throat> so that is why Bhagavad Gita is a, is, a, is a scripture. Otherwise it would have been a manual of how to fight battle. You know, Lord Krishna is not teaching Arjuna as to how to fight battle. Lord Krishna is teaching Arjuna how to fight a different kind of battle. Battle that is raging in the mind of Arjuna. Arjuna's mind is like battlefield as the mind of almost every human being. Because of conflicts. Conflict of values. <coughs> values and conflicts. So values create conflicts. What are these values? The universal values. That I should not do unto others what I do not want them to do to me, I should also do to others what I expect from them. That is the concept of value. And Arjuna is, 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 is a dharmarishta, meaning one who is devoted and committed to dharma, committed to righteous way of life. That's a very important thing also. That is Arjuna. Rujutvat Arjuna. 
One explanation of the name Arjuna is because the one who is straightforward is called Arjuna. <coughs> of course, grammatically it should be Arjanat Arjuna. <coughs> one who has conquered or acquired a lot of wealth is called Arjuna. But here, Rujitvad Arjuna because Arjuna is a straightforward person. He is the one who is committed to dharma, righteousness. <coughs> and that is why this kind of conflict can arise. This conflict would not arise in the mind of Duryodhana. People often ask this question, Swamiji, if instead of teaching Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna, if Lord Krishna had taught Bhagavad Gita to Duryodhana, it would have been so wonderful. There would have been no battle at all. Which is true. Provided Duryodhana was willing even to listen to Lord Krishna. He is not willing. Just some day, few days ago, Lord Krishna had visited Duryodhana. When Duryodhana was, uh, you know, the king in his court. And Lord Krishna went there as a, uh, as a mediator, as a messenger of peace. And Duryodhana refused, refused to acknowledge <coughs> that he is God. He never looked upon Krishna as God. This morning we are talking about the showing the cosmic form. How Lord Krishna or Lord Narayana has shown his cosmic form on very few occasions. One of the occasions was when Lord Krishna displayed his cosmic form before Duryodhana just to give him some lesson. So that Duryodhana understands who he is up against. Duryodhana refuses. This is a magician. So he was branded as magician. And he asked his people to arrest him. So this is the kind of attitude Duryodhana has. He has no conflict. He has no conflict when he actually he should have conflict. We say that whenever you violate a value, you are violating yourself and therefore violating a value will generate conflict in your mind. When you tell a lie, then you know that you are doing something wrong because you expect other people to speak truth to you and you are violating that value, so there is a conflict, knowing that I have done something wrong. So, in a conscientious person, not in everybody, in a conscientious person, the violating of value will definitely generate a conflict. But if you keep on violating the value, keep on violating, then what will happen? You will become insensitive. And therefore, this conflict is no more registered in your mind. Meaning that you become so thick-skinned, so insensitive that no conflict arises. Is it not so? People who are hitmen, who are just commit a cold-blooded murder, nothing happens to that person. He sees a man dying in front of him, you know, struggling for his life. He can see that. And uh, he feels that he has a sense of victory. Yes, he, he has accomplished something. So it is possible that person can manage to become so insensitive, insensitive like a stone that nothing affects that person. <clears throat> but is it a desirable stage? Is it something desirable to happen to us? No. Because what is meant by evolution is evolution in sensitivity. So that is why human being is most distinguished because he is most sensitive. More sensitive you are, more evolved you are. 
But then, more sensitive you are, more prone you are to conflicts and hurt, which is good and bad. Conflicts are not good, but then only when the conflicts arise, that is when you will want to solve them. Otherwise, you will not even proceed to solve any problem. When a cat makes a mouse its breakfast, no conflict. <coughs> because that is its nature. It doesn't feel, you know, I mean, it doesn't feel anything when the mouse is dying. They say that the cat deliberately plays with the mouse, you know, doesn't kill it right away. I mean, that's what I've heard. And so it must be enjoying that process of killing or whatever. Nothing happens. That just shows how insensitive they are. <coughs> Human being is most evolved, most sensitive, conscientious. However, by abusing the free will, we keep on abusing ourselves. And the time may come when we become as insensitive as animals are. These people are called demons. The people having the demoniac tendencies. Duryodhana represents that. Duryodhana represents a person who is overcome by, who is controlled by his demoniac tendencies, his impulses. He is not available for this teaching. Even if Lord Krishna proceeded to Duryodhana, to give Upadesha, Duryodhana would laugh at him and perhaps insult him. But Arjuna was the right candidate. <coughs> and there is conflict, there is pain in the mind of Arjuna. This human being suffers from pain, suffers from grief, suffers from sadness. So grief, sadness, pain, all of these are very peculiar to human being. Other creatures, I do not know that they suffer from sadness or grief or depression. There is no depressed cat or no depressed sparrow or no depressed, you know, bird or animal. In that sense, they are, they are fortunate. Sometimes we wonder, you know, looking at the birds and flying around and chirping and so, how wonderful, how wonderful life they have. Whereas we are struggling in our own mind, lots of conflicts. But then, that's the price that we have to pay for being evolved creatures. <clears throat> and it is good that we suffer pain in our heart is good. It is a blessing in disguise. In what sense? Because we cannot live with pain. We cannot live with conflict. We cannot live with grief. grief. And therefore, we have to find a solution. Arjuna also was overcome by grief. Eva muktva arjuna sankhe rathopastho upavishata visrudya sasaram chabam shoka samvignamanasah Having said to Lord Krishna, why this battle should not be fought? Arjuna was not happy about his argument, I guess, you know, otherwise he would have been okay. Arjuna made many arguments before Lord Krishna, so why we should not fight the battle? But within himself he knew that he was a Kshatriya. And it is duty of Kshatriya to protect Dharma. So, now there is conflict between these two aspects of Arjuna. He is Arjuna 
who is related to this people, who is near and dear to this people. Another aspect is, he is Arjuna with a Kshatriya. Being a Kshatriya, he is conscious that it is his duty to fight the battle, not fight the battle really, duty to protect Dharma. So we can say that the Pandavas are in this battlefield to protect Dharma. That is the duty of Kshatriya, the warrior class. They are, their duty is to protect the society. And society can be protected only when dharma or righteousness is protected. That's how Bhashyakara Shankaracharya introduces Bhagavad Gita as to how Lord has created this universe. And for the smooth functioning of the universe, Lord has created dharma. Dharma is the right way of living life. And you don't need any savior as long as you follow the path of dharma. Then life is in there is society is in harmony. Individual also is in harmony. People are happy and, and they gain prosperity. <coughs> it's only when the dharma declines, a dharma becomes powerful. That is when some corrective action is needed, and that's when avatara or incarnation comes. <coughs> and how come Lord Krishna chose Arjuna to? impart this teaching. Because Arjuna otherwise is a very capable person, a very strong and powerful person, meaning very strong in character, a person of great accomplishment, a person having great self-control. And therefore, this knowledge imparted to a person as capable of Arjuna, will not only bless Arjuna, but through him also will bless the whole human society. <coughs> right now Arjuna, of course, is in great conflict. Because on one side, he knows what he should be doing. He should be in fact fighting this battle because that is his duty as a Kshatriya. On the other hand, he does not want to fight the battle. His head says that, meaning his intellect says that I should fight the battle. His heart, his emotion says that I don't want to fight battle. Why is it so? Because the outcome of this action is going to be very painful. What do you call attachment? Is attachment of Arjuna that in fact made him say all these things to Lord Krishna and completely drained his energy and enthusiasm, motivation. Arjuna came to battlefield motivated to fight, but his motivation was drained on account of this grief that came, the pain that came into his heart because of attachment, attachment to his near and dear ones, attachment to the outcome of the action. What's the outcome of action? Painful outcome of action. A natural tendency to avoid pain and seek pleasure. <clears throat> Here, in case of Arjuna, it's a case of avoiding pain, avoiding painful consequences. That's how Shankarajara says, how? Because of this Raga and Dvesha, attachment and aversion, a person wants to give up what is his duty and wants to take up the duty of someone else. Later on, in the third chapter, we say, Shriyan Swadharma Vigunaha Pardharmat Svanushthirat. What is Swadharma for Arjuna? 
What is Swadharma? As we'll discuss, brethren, Swadharma means a response, an appropriate response to a situation in keeping with my place in that situation. So Arjuna is a Kshatriya. His place it is to protect Dharma. His place it is to do his duty. His duty involves fighting the battle, but then what is the message? There is to do the duty, perform the duty. Swadharma. But then, from where Arjuna is at the emotional level, he sees that his duty involves a lot of pain. It involves consequences that he does not want. Meaning that attachment to the outcome of the action. Whether I want a certain outcome is also attachment. That I do not want a certain outcome also is attachment. In case of Arjuna, attachment was in the form of not wanting the outcome, the painful outcome. So this is a classical case of attachment, karma phala, attachment to the result of the action. <clears throat> the attachment is purely an emotional issue. Dharma is an intellectual issue. <clears throat> so intellectually Arjuna knows what is right. Emotionally, he is not ready to accept the consequences. This is what creates conflict. <clears throat> he knows his conscience tells him what is right, but his emotion tells him what he doesn't want to do or what he wants to do. So, conflict values and conflict. What's a value? Dharma is a value. Doing what is appropriate is a value. In this situation of Arjuna, fighting the battle to protect Dharma is a value. But why is there a conflict? Because he finds that practicing this value involves a lot of pain, involves a great calamity, great loss. <clears throat> so this is always a problem. That each one of us likes to follow the values. If given the cho- choice, we would never want to violate any value. If we had the freedom, we would never want to tell a lie. If we had the freedom, we would never want to hurt anybody. This is what our true nature is. This is what we are. We are basically non-violent people. We are truthful people. We are kind and loving people. This is what each one of us is. But unfortunately, there are other values also. Value of seeking pleasure, avoiding pain, value in terms of attachment to what is near and dear to me, attachment to happiness, attachment to pleasure, aversion for pain, attachment to pleasure, aversion for pain. So when this attachment and aversion come in conflict with what is right, so now the conflict between what is right to do and what I like to do. What is right to do for Arjuna is to perform the duty, fight the battle. What he likes to do is to avoid this. <clears throat> avoid painful consequences. At the same time again, as Lord Krishna will say in the third chapter itself, this attachment and aversion where are they located? 
Another word for that is kama. As they call it, kama means desire, or the same as attachment and aversion. So Lord Krishna says, where is this kama? Where is the desire? Where is the attachment? Where is it located? Indriyani manobuddhi asya dhishthana muchyade etahi vimohayatyesha jnana mavrutya dehinam So getting a review of the third chapter anyway, because it is uh, it's a basis, you know, that how the teaching of Bhagavad Gita came about. <coughs> Indriyani manobuddhi asya adhishthana muchyade Asya kama asya of this kama of the ragadvesha of attachment and aversion. Indriyani sense organs. Manaha the mind. Buddhi the intellect. These attachment and aversions are located in these three locations. Etahi vimohetyesha jnana mavrutya dehinam and this kama deludes this person through either sense organs or the mind or the intellect. So mind has attachment and aversion and intellect gives justification for that. So whole first chapter of Bhagavad Gita is the intellect giving justification to the fulfillment of attachment and aversion. Is it not so? <clears throat> Arjuna talks like a very well, in, of course he is, he is well informed in Dharma Shastra. He is a learned person and whatever learning or the uh, you know, knowledge he had about the scriptures, he, that is the basis of his case of why he should not fight the battle. <clears throat> the details are not very important to us, but important is his process because we also go through these processes. Only when we understand this, then the teaching of Bhagavad Gita also becomes relevant. We see what Lord Krishna is doing here. So Arjuna gives his buddhi because the attachment aversion of buddhi also, in mind also, in sense organs also. So sense organs create temptation, attraction or aversion. The mind says, I want to have it, I want to get rid of it. And buddhi gives justification for that. <clears throat> so Arjuna's heart told him, or he said this, Nacha shreyo nupashyami hatva svajana mahave O Lord, killing my near and dear ones in this battlefield, I do not see what good is coming out of this. So this is what emotional person saying. Nakaankshe vijayam krishna nacharajyam sukhani I do not want victory, I do not want kingdom, I do not want means of happiness, I don't want. Who is saying this? Like sometimes the child also, you know, when it's hurt, the dinner is ready, everybody is sitting on the dining table, and the whole family is sitting, the brother says something to the sister. And she is hurt. I don't know it. Hey, come on now, today is a special dish, you know, something that you like. I don't like this. I'm not hungry. You throw, throw tantrums. That's how you feel also. When you're hurt, all of a sudden you don't want, you don't feel like eating. I, I never like this. Looking at this food, something happens in my stomach, ma'am. 
So looking at this coming in battle with something happens to my stomach, something happens to my mind. So thus, Arjuna is showing this kind of reactions. <clears throat> this emotional person and the intellect then gives justifications for this emotion that what I am feeling is right. See Lord, if you fight this battle, you know what will happen? Yadyapyetena pashyanti loho pahata chetasaha Kulakshaya kratam dosham mitra drohe chapatakam you know, Lord, how these fellows are, these Duryodhana and Kaurava, they are all greedy people. They just want power. Lobo Their mind is overcome by greed and infatuation. And therefore they cannot see what is in front of them, what is evident. Kulakshayakratam dosham. They do not realize that this battle will amount or in, I mean, will result into the elimination of the whole clan of Kauravas. Mitra drohe japataka, when the sin involved in actually uh, deceiving a friend or the near and dear ones, they don't see what we see. Katham nagneya masmabhi, papadasman never. This is a great sin. Kulakshaya kratam dosham, prapashyat bhiri janardana. Hey janardana. Oh Lord Krishna, we can see. They cannot see. Because of infatuation, they become blind. But I can very clearly see what the consequences will be and then why should we not withdraw from this battle? Arjuna, if you do not fight this battle, you think they are going to let you go? They will kill you. I don't care. Yadi mama pratikaram ashastram shastrapanayah dhartarastraha ranehanyuhu tanme kshematanam bhavet That if this, this dhartarastra, I mean the sons of dhartarastra, this kauravas, if they attack me, even though I have laid my weapons, they attack me, one who is without the weapons, and kill me, then also I don't mind. So this is all emotional thing, really. Is it not so? Grief is an emotional reaction. Arising from attachment and aversion. So all the sadness or the grief and whatever pain that we are feeling within ourselves, Bhagavad Gita's diagnosis is, it arises from attachment and aversion. <clears throat> attachment to pleasure, aversion to pain. In this case, a strong aversion for the pain, which would possibly arise because of the death of the near and dear ones. <clears throat> And that prompted Arjuna to give a series of arguments to Lord Krishna as to how this battle should not be fought. I don't think he is convinced in his own heart. After making all these arguments, he should feel good that, okay, I made my case now. I presented the case very successfully. But in fact, he said he collapsed in his own chariot full of grief. Tam tatha kolekshanam Overcome by pity, overcome by grief, his eyes filled with tears. This was the situation, this was the condition of Arjuna at the end of the first chapter. <coughs> and Lord Krishna tried to motivate him, arouse his valor, you know, uh, try to sort of uh, 
uh, inside his passion, let us say. Lord Krishna made a brief attempt. Arjuna, what are you doing? Kutastva kashmalimudam visamesamopasthidam anayyushtam asvargyam akiridikaram Arjuna. Arjuna, in this very difficult situation, how come this kind of, uh, this calamity, this, this, uh, this impurity of the mind, how has it come to you? How come your mind is like this, in a situation like this, in such a critical situation? This does not behoove of an Aryan. Aswargyam. This will not take you to Swarga, nor Moksha. This is wrong in every way. And they arise ready to fight. All of these Lord Krishna said, these are the words that would normally arouse Arjuna and he would fight. Normally. Right now he's so depressed or he's so much overcome by grief that these words also could not do anything to him. Under normal conditions he might have picked up a fight. What are you talking about? What, what, do, you, what do you mean by this? Right now, he was, his condition was so pitiable. He appeals to Lord Krishna. How can you ask me to fight? Katam Bhishmaham Sankhe Dronam Chamadu Sudhana Ishubhi Pratiyotshami Pujaro Arisudhana How can you ask me to fight against Bhishma and Drona who I should worship with flowers? I should throw flowers at them, worship them. You ask me to throw arrows at them? How can it be? How can I do that? But I know that you have no problem. Arjuna addresses in that particular verse he addresses Lord Krishna by two names, Madhusudana, Arisudana. Madhusudana, the one who slayed the demon Madhu. Arisudana, one who destroyed his enemies. So you, this is your business. You don't, yeah, nothing happens to you. <clears throat> but these are not my enemies, Arisudana. Okay, it's all right that killing enemy, but these are not my enemies. Madhusudana, these are not demons. These are Mahanubhava, these are my near and dear, my great, highly respectable, reverential people. How can I kill them? Arjuna said all of this, but ultimately he gave up. And he realized that all these arguments, Lord Krishna was very, very calm and cool, very cool at all this process. He did not utter a single word. The only thing he says in the whole of the first chapter is, Partha Pashetan Kuru Samavetan Kuru. Hey Partha, look at the Kurus who are assembled. That's all he said in the first chapter. Then he allowed Arjuna to, to uh, exhaust himself. <clears throat> That's what the therapist must be doing, I guess. They let the patient talk. He must be a good listener. Lord Krishna looks like a great listener. He allowed Arjuna to talk without interrupting him. Perhaps without showing any expression on the face also. So Arjuna could see that in spite of all these arguments, he is not able to convince Lord Krishna. And finally, he gave up arguing. He surrendered to Lord Krishna. He could see. See, this pain also is, it was a blessing to Arjuna. And the pain that Arjuna was feeling right now is not an ordinary pain. It is a deep-seated pain which is there in the heart of every human being. The sadness, the grief is there in every, every heart. 
Usually we try to overlook it. I mean, we try to avoid it. We avoid confronting it. We keep ourselves busy in one activity or the other so that we do not have to confront that pain which is there within ourselves. <clears throat> Arjuna also wanted to avoid. When he said to Lord Krishna, I don't want to fight, he wanted to avoid confronting himself. So confronting the situation required him to confront himself. Lord Krishna did not oblige him. He did not oblige him by giving an escape route. Usually we create for ourselves some escape distractions. And moment you don't feel good about yourself, you feel bored, you feel this, that, and you engage yourself in some activity or that to avoid that pain, to avoid dealing with it. So usually we avoid dealing with our grief or pain or sadness. And don't think Arjuna alone had grief. Every human being has it. This situation only became an instrument, became an occasion to trigger, pushing a button, to trigger the deep-seated grief which was always there in Arjuna. Why should Arjuna be grieving? He was a very successful person, much more successful than we can imagine. He was a very highly accomplished person. His names themselves suggest Dhananjaya, one who has conquered a lot of wealth. Parantapa, one who is very, very present, the enemies get scorched in his very presence. Thus, very names of Arjuna suggest that he was a very, materially speaking, or worldwide, worldly speaking, he was a very successful person. <clears throat> so we are talking about a very successful person, a successful executive, a successful CEO, I mean in, in modern terms, a, a wealthy person, a person with name and fame, a person who acquired power and recognition, such a person who is normally called a successful person. And that is our concept of success. Having taken for granted that those kind of accomplishments will automatically make me free from grief and I'll be happy. And thus Arjuna had acquired success in all this conventional way. <clears throat> but as we can see, none of those accomplishments were capable of helping him to deal with the grief or they did not remove the grief at all. Because grief has to do with something more fundamental, has to do with the ignorance. Every human, everybody is born ignorant, ignorant of the true nature of one's own self. Not only ignorant, but then at the same time we are born with this false perception or the wrong perception of ourselves. Avaram and Vikshepa, not knowing the true nature of ourselves and taking ourselves to be quite contrary to what we are. Not knowing that limitless is my nature, but taking myself to be a limited being. That is a universal problem of every human being. And thus, what is my estimate of myself? I am a limited person. I am a wanting person. I am a lacking person. I am an inadequate person. All right, what's wrong with that? No. This awareness that I am inadequate, lacking, Wanting, incomplete, limited. <clears throat> if I could be comfortable with that perception of myself, no problem. 
That is why no creature other than human being has a problem. Whatever perception they have of themselves, they are comfortable with that perception. If you are comfortable with your perception of yourself, no samsara. What is samsara? A discomfort with my perception of myself. <clears throat> Only human being is blessed with this. Of course, as I said, that is the cause of pain. So there is nobody in the world who has pain, who suffers as much as a human being does. And the cause of suffering is right with ourselves. Not, I am not the cause of the pain. World is not the cause of pain. Vedanta says, it is ignorance. And the wrong notions, or the wrong perception, born of ignorance, that is the cause of pain. <coughs> Which, normally nobody recognizes. Normally we take for granted, that is someone else, or something else, that is the cause of my pain, or cause of my grief, or cause of my unhappiness. And so we go about bringing about changes around ourselves, thinking that when we rearrange things, that a situation will be created when I'll be happy. It happens also. When a desirable situation gets created, we do become happy, but momentarily. <clears throat> what is desirable doesn't remain desirable for a very long time. The very best thing that I bought the very best car, the very best furniture, the very best carpet, very best whatever I wanted, or dress or clothes, they turn me on for a while. They give me happiness for a while. You can't wear this dress. Why well, you brought this wonderful dress, so expensive? How come you change it? You can't wear it every day, ma'am. Why? I thought you loved it. I love That's all right. But for, for a few days, not every day, not all the time. The best of my choicest food, choicest clothes, choicest anything. We cannot put up with it for a long time. We get tired of it, bored of it. We don't recognize this. We think that all right, if this thing did not help me, something else will help me. And so I engage myself in some other accomplishment, hoping that that will solve my problem. <clears throat> and this is what Arjuna also did. And he acquired so many weapons, one after the other. He was the most accomplished archer, most accomplished warrior of his time. But all those accomplishments also had not in any way helped him in terms of dealing with this fundamental pain. <clears throat> so this pain or sorrow is a spiritual problem, is not a material problem. When you are unhappy, remember that unhappiness is a spiritual problem. When it is a spiritual meaning, it is centered on the self. It is not mother or father. Swamiji, my father, my mother, my siblings. So we may think that they are the cause. Or my mother-in-law, daughter-in-law, sister-in-law, whatever. Or my boss, my neighbor. The president of the United States, this world the environment, the pollution. So we think that they are the problems. And as long as that is our conclusion, so long we'll keep on struggling, doing things in the world. <clears throat> At some point in time, if you get this insight, that the cause of the sorrow is not outside of myself, it is within myself. 
as Puja Swamiji would say, you are the problem, you are the solution. <coughs> he says there are two kinds of problems we have. One is a set of problems of which the solution lies outside the problem. Like hunger is a problem. Solution lies outside hunger. You have to acquire food. You have to appease your hunger, you know, with food. So hunger, thirst, heat, cold, fever, headache, poverty, illiteracy, pollution, whatever. All these problems are problems having solution outside of the problems. And therefore, we have to do something about Karma is the answer or karma is the means of solving those problems. Karma is an effort. Simply knowing that I am hungry and the food can appease my hunger, simply knowledge doesn't help that. That knowledge should result into action. And as a result of action alone, that problem can be solved. So knowing about the recipe of how to make history or how to make a given dish is not the answer. I must actually do something to make it. And that also is not enough. I should eat it. <clears throat> so for these problems of which the solution lies outside the problem, the means of resolving these problems is karma. Means appropriate effort. So it requires knowledge of what is an appropriate effort and karma or appropriate action. In that case, knowledge is a means of action. See the difference. So in solving problems of which the solution lies outside the problem, which, are, which include most of the worldly problems, we must have knowledge and insight into what will solve that problem and an appropriate action to solve it. <clears throat> to solve the problem environment, we should know what is it? What's the problem? What to do about it? <clears throat> but there is this another side of problem of which the solution is within the problem. Not outside the problem, within the problem. The classical example of the tenth man. That's the problem also. The tenth man is lost. They're searching for the tenth man. Thinking that the solution lies outside the problem. I am not the tenth man. Tenth man is lost. So they are searching for the tenth man from morning till evening. Karma, that's what they are doing. Because the conclusion is that the solution of that problem lies outside the problem. Certainly they could not solve the problem. In spite of searching for the whole day, they could not find the tenth man. To their great fortune, Somebody happened to come by, an elderly wise person happened to come by and made these people see, where is the tenth man? We know the tenth man is lost. How do you know? Well, I know we counted. How did you count? So he's, let me see how you are counting, demonstrate. So he asked his friends to line up. He counts one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. See, there are nine people. Okay, don't worry. I'll tell you where the tenth man is. Where is the tenth man? You are the tenth man. Typical, typical situation where the solution is within the problem, not without the problem. Or as Swamiji's example of these, these glasses, you know, which are on the forehead or which are tucked away on the head. 
and searching for the glasses. You can call it praptasya praptihi, attainment of what is already attained. Apraptasya praptihi, attaining what is not attained, for that the means is karma. Where the solution lies outside the problem, praptasya praptihi, attainment of what is already attained, but thought to be unattained. So then two kinds of desires are there. One is a set of desires about things that I don't have. Desire is always for the things that I don't have. Other is a desire of something which I think I don't have. <clears throat> so desire for glasses, I think I don't have them. Desire for tent men, I think that I am not the tent man. So what about this problem of sadness, human grief, sadness? I don't like it, I don't like this person, I don't, that's all right. Still I'm searching for a solution outside of myself, having assumed that that is where the problem is. <clears throat> Even if, if you become a renunciate, thinking that the world is a problem, then that is, that's not the right thing. Swamiji, these relatives are no good. They're all selfish. They all want my money. They just want, no, they want to exploit me. I don't want them. That's called not renunciation. That's called running away from things. That's not renunciation. Renunciation is the maturity on the part of the person who recognizes that this problem is centered upon the self and not centered upon something else. Otherwise, if I renounce, thinking that they are the problem, and to create a distance with them, then I can never create a distance because my mind always will be occupied by the thoughts of those who I think are problems. And therefore what is required is this emotional maturity, recognition that grief or sadness is a problem centered upon the self. That's why I use the word spiritual as against the worldly means. So no amount of worldly means will solve that problem, as Arjuna could see. Avapi bhuma vasavatnamruddham rajyam suranam avichadipatyam Even if I get the unrivaled kingdom of this whole earth, or I get also the, the kingdom of the heaven, even that also cannot help me, cannot remove this grief. So Arjuna could see that nothing that is outside of himself can solve this problem. It's a great insight. So this critical situation in a, for Arjuna was a great blessing because he gave him this insight that doing something outside of myself is not going to help me, is not going to eliminate this grief. It is doing something with me. And so that is how See, that's a huge transformation, you know. We, see, if you look at the previous verse and this verse, in the second chapter, the seventh verse, Lord Krishna, I mean Arjuna, submits to Lord Krishna. Karpanya dosho bhatasvabhava puchamitvam dharmasamudha chetaha yachreyasya nishchitam bruhitanme shishyasteham sadhimam tvam prapannam karpanya dosho bhatasvabhava 
my nature is overcome by this dosha, the defect of ignorance and false notions. Prucha dharma samura chetaha. My mind is completely deluded right now with reference to dharma. What is my duty? I am completely deluded with reference to that. I cannot decide what is the right thing to do. So in that sentence, the seventh verse of Bhagavad Gita, second chapter, very important verse. <clears throat> Arjuna says two things. Karpanya dosopahata swabhava. My swabhava, my nature, my mind is overcome by the defect of karpanya krupanata, of miserliness, of ignorance. Which is what we call the fundamental problem. And that gives rise to all the topical problems. Dharma Samura Chetaha. So that basic fundamental problem is there with my own self. The problems that I have outside is, is all arise from problem with my own self. So I mean problem with myself is a fundamental problem. And that creates problems outside also. So Arjuna says. Dharma Samurajetaha. I am completely deluded or bewildered with reference to determining what my duty is. Should I fight the battle? Should I not fight the battle? I cannot determine that. <coughs> so, this is a transformation that happened in the inside the Rajuna got. Therefore, the details of what preceded are not important to us really because we are not in the situation that Arjuna was. What is important is that situation for Arjuna created the insights. He came in contact with this deep-seated grief and realized that there is no solution to that grief. Nothing outside there can really remove this grief. This he could understand. O Lord, please tell me that which will bring me decidedly good. I know that I have been happy on occasions. I felt good about myself for the time being. But the grief has again come back to me. I want this grief to go once and for all. Atyantika dukkha nivrutihi. Elimination of dukkha or pain or sorrow once and for all. I want the pain to go and never to come back. And I want happiness to come and never to go back. I want happiness to come and never to go. I want the pain to go and never to come back. This is the description of moksha. What Vedantins call moksha. Atyantika dukkha nivrutihi nirdisha sukha avaptihi. Cessation once and for all of all the grief or sadness or pain, emotional pain, not physical pain. Nobody will be spared from physical pain because destiny will, you know, you will go through the destiny. But the emotional pain should go once cessation of that and attainment of unsurpassable happiness. <coughs> That's what Arjuna asked for. Shishyasteham sadhimam tvam prapannam O Lord, I am your disciple. I am surrendered to you. Please teach me. Please give me upadesha. So thus, in putting in words of Puja Swamiji, 
Arjuna got transformed from being a mumukshu to a jignyasu. Mumukshu is the one who is desirous of moksha, liberation or freedom, that everybody is. But what is called maturity is when we realize that it is, it is a knowledge that will really solve this problem. So karma is the means of solving problems of which solution lies outside. And jnanam or knowledge is the means for solving problem of which the solution lies within the problem. And that's how Bhagavad Gita is a, is a, text, is a scripture imparting knowledge. <clears throat> it talks about karma also, but then karma is a means of knowledge. Otherwise, knowledge is means of karma. Here, karma is a means of knowledge, <clears throat> which we will see continue from tomorrow. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Vadarayanam Sutra Bhashyakrutavande Bhagavanta Punaha Ishwaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Lakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Namaha Hari Om